Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. Today, what we're going to talk about comes out of an email I received from my listeners in Sweden who has got pregnant subsequent to listening to my podcast. I don't take responsibility for that, but certainly perhaps she was a little more relaxed when I think I reinforced what she was doing was the right thing. Anyway, she's now pregnant and and she's written to me and, and asked me about ovarian cysts. She's been found to have an ovarian cyst. So I thought with her prompting that I would talk a little more about ovarian cysts, both in terms of fertility and also pregnancy, which is what her particular interest is at the moment. Let's start from the beginning. What is an ovarian cyst? Basically, cyst is a fluid-filled cavity. Cysts happen every month. In fact, to some extent, the normal development of an egg is within a follicle, and a follicle is a small cyst. And that cyst grows to about two centimetres in size, And then when the hormones are right, the body causes that cyst to rupture and lets the egg out to find its way to the fallopian tube. So it's a fairly standard thing for the ovary to at least have those follicles growing. So the first unusual time that a cyst can form in a female, and probably most women at some point in their reproductive life, this has happened. And This happening is actually the non-rupture of the follicle at the time that should have been ovulation and the persistence of that cyst. We call it a functional cyst because it was heading to be functional, to release the egg. It's certainly not pathological. There's nothing nasty about it. It's not producing abnormalities. It's not going to grow on to get cancer. 
but they can hang around for four, five, six weeks, sometimes even three or four months. But they are just residual of an unruptured follicle. What they can do, because they can continue to produce oestrogen, is cause irregularity of periods. They can, if they get large, like five to six, even up to ten centimetres in diameter, they can cause pain, particularly if they rupture, because there's a collection of fluid inside of them that can cause irritation and cause pain. Ruptured functional cysts are a common reason for women to turn up to casualty department with acute lower abdominal pain. Other than rupture, the other thing that can happen when the cyst gets above five centimetres, it increases the risk of the ovary twisting because of the weight or shape of the follicle. It can twist on its blood supply, on its pedicle that supplies it. And that twisting is a bit like twisting a grape. As the grape twists, the supply um, to that grape is cut off and it will wither in the vine. It will die. If that happens with an ovary, that twisting and then the cutting off of the blood supply, you can end up with a, a dead ovary. Although on the way there, it can cause severe pain. So ovarian torsion is the name given to that. If it's diagnosed early enough, with keyhole surgery, we just untwist it, remove the cyst, and really that's, that's it. It's very rare that we lose the ovary altogether. So that's a simple functional ovarian cyst that can occur in a normal menstrual cycle and is, as I said, not that uncommon. That sort of cyst can also occur in pregnancy. When a pregnancy establishes, the hormones that help the pregnancy establish come from what's called the corpus luteum, which is the structure left behind after ovulation. So it, it has ruptured, the follicle has released the egg, the hole then seals over once pregnancy is established, and under, under the influence of the pregnancy hormone HCG, that follicle will be promoted to grow, at least for the first eight to ten weeks of pregnancy. Usually that's only grows to two or three centimetres in diameter. But in some cases, it can be much larger, growing up to 10 or 12 centimetres in size. And those same complications I talked about earlier of pain because of just the size of it, rupture when it eventually breaks down, or twisting of the ovary can all occur in early pregnancy. Obviously, we're reluctant to do surgery in early pregnancy because of the risk of anaesthetics and, and causing a miscarriage. So we endeavour to avoid an, a surgical intervention in that particular case unless we desperately have to. And that desperately have to is if the blood supply is cut off. Fortunately, with modern ultrasound and the capacity to actually measure blood flow in blood vessels, we can work out whether that's what's happening. And if there is compromise to the blood supply, then certainly... Uh, intervention with surgery is reasonable. But otherwise, my advice to women who wear a, a follicle, a corpus luteum cyst, is found during early pregnancy scanning, is to ignore it. It's not going to cause any harm. It will resolve spontaneously unless it causes torsion of the ovary. 
The other sort of cyst that we are concerned about in infertility are those associated with endometriosis. Again, like a functional cyst, they are not dangerous, they're not malignant cysts, they're not cancer. But in that situation, what has occurred is that those endometriosis cells have invaded into the ovarian tissue and that when a follicle has grown during the normal processes of ovulation, endometriotic cells have caused some bleeding and they bleed into the cyst and that cyst persists and they can grow quite large, four, five, up to 10, 12 centimetres in size. They're blood-filled, called chocolate cysts, not surprisingly because when we cut the surface of them, the old blood looks like runny chocolate. These cysts are really the only easy diagnostic sign of a woman having endometriosis when we do ultrasound. Generally, ultrasound is not very sensitive in helping us diagnose endometriosis, but if we see endometriotic cysts and we see them quite easily because they have a different pattern of the fluid inside of them. Whereas those functional cysts I talked about before are full of clear fluid and, and they're just a black hole when we look on ultrasound. An endometriotic cyst, substance that's inside the follicle, gives a, a cloudy appearance, a snowstorm appearance, and that's quite diagnostic uh, of an endometriotic cyst. And if we find that, we have to suspect there will be endometriosis elsewhere. In, in women with endometriosis and infertility, there is still great debate as to what we should do about endometriotic cysts. On one hand, there is some evidence that in IVF, having endometriotic cysts reduces the chances of IVF success. On the other hand, there is very good evidence that removing those cysts also damages ovarian tissue, normal ovarian tissue in the process, and the number of eggs in the ovary, which has already been compromised by the endometriotic cyst, falls further. So currently the consensus in relation to endometriotic cysts is that if a woman is trying to conceive, either naturally or through IVF, it is better to leave them alone unless they are very large, greater than five centimetres, or there is pain associated with them. But before doing that, we have to take into account the potential loss of ovarian reserve. The functional cysts and the endometriotic cysts are the commonest cysts that we see in women in the reproductive age. However, there are other cysts. They are actual tumours of the cells of the ovary. A couple of types of those, but we're not going to go into the detail of them. They tend to be more irregular in their outline and they tend to be more solid rather than cystic. And they can be pre-malignant. In women in, under the age of 40, that's incredibly rare that they're malignant. And we generally still take them out if they're more than two or three centimetres in size. And you have that irregular appearance just to be on the safe side. The last cyst that we will talk about is something called a dermoid cyst. These aren't all that common, but they do occur. And these are cysts that 
grow within the ovary and the cells in the ovary are capable of, of changing into, called differentiation, but they change into tissues that are actually the same tissues as our skin and bone. It's a, they're sort of weird abnormalities that occur when, the, when these cells differentiate into these tissues. So they can be filled with structures like the skin, like, well, in fact, hair follicles, teeth, and bone. Quite bizarre. And hair as well. So when we, when we find these, and on ultrasound, they're pretty obvious because they're very dense in their echo, which is unusual in the ovary. Again, uh, they're not malignant in the vast, vast majority of cases, but they can cause torsion of the ovary once they get large. So we generally, if we find them, we take them out. Again, we have to be cautious in women who wish to get pregnant of not taking too much ovarian tissue with them. So that's ovarian cysts. Some of them interfering with fertility, some of them potentially being a problem in, in pregnancy. A specialised gynaecologist with an interest in infertility is probably the best person to be getting advice from in terms of whether they should be taken out or not and you're trying to get pregnant. There is a tendency for gynaecologists generally to see something like a three or four centimetre cyst and say it needs removal. That's not always the case. And if you're trying to get pregnant, removal of cysts can reduce your chances. So make sure you get good advice before you undertake surgical removal. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.